It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Matt is here. We have plenty of Formula One to discuss from this past weekend. But first, again, wanted to give a shout out to our new network, Evergreen Podcast Network, evergreenpodcast.com. Check out all their shows. And yeah, we'll, we'll leave it at that. But Matt, where, where do we start? Do we start with the incident or do we, do we end with the incident? Hell yeah, let's start with the incident. All right, let's do it. Where do you want to start? Hey, Mike, what did you think of the incident? I thought it was a racing incident. No. Oh, am I not allowed to have that opinion? I didn't say you were allowed to have any opinion. I don't, I don't know why you have a podcast. You yeah. You wouldn't be the first person to say that this week. I mean, okay, so you are like genuine, like 50-50, no blame on anybody? Can I... So if I, if I blame both people, is that still a racing incident? Like there was fault to both mm. or is that just I, a... thought, I always thought like racing incident was like a circumstantial thing where it was kind of unavoidable okay so then maybe it's not a racing incident maybe i think that you know going too wide there is possible we saw it in the f2 races this weekend but going too wide when it just is. It's not a smart move for Max to do there. I get why he did it, but you know, just just slide in behind Lewis and and battle on. He had a fast car. Yeah, and I wonder if warm tires had something to do with it because obviously that's sure. a clear advantage. You're trying to take advantage of Lewis on the cold tires. I get it. Yeah, and then for me, I think if I had let me let me pull it up real quick just to make sure I'm not missing it. But I think there was if I had to say, I would say it's seventy thirty on Lewis. Yeah. Do you want me to give you my Lewis point while you're looking at it? Yeah. Well, first of all, yeah. I think we're all glad he's okay because that was yes. that was yes. after like after looking the slow mo, which you said, like, dude, could you believe that slow mo? And I like rewatched him, like, holy cow, that tire was on his head. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God for these safety enhancements. I'm I'm all for. I almost think they need to put the halo a little bit higher because if you have a taller driver. I think Ocon and and George Russell come to mind of of guys who sit a little bit higher in the seat. That could have still been a pretty scary incident for them. Granted, I don't know how scary, but... Yeah, Lewis, I just... I don't understand. He he could have maintained that outside line going through the chicane 100%. And he cuts back in and sends Max over the curb... Max doesn't want to go over those curbs because it can damage your car. You got to slow way down. I, I get that. So 
I don't know about 70-30, only because I, I just didn't really think of it, but I would say more blame goes to Lewis than Max for sure. When I do I do agree with you. Yeah, because I'm looking at the replay just to make sure I'm I'm not uneducated in this manner. <laughs> and so he does apex turn one. Yep. So he does a good job of doing that. But then his exit, he really lets the wheel go. And if you're looking at it from Max's point of view, I mean, he either needs to slam on the brakes or, you know, veer left. But I think he's trying to make the pass work and also make the next corner. Yeah. And if you ask Adam Boros in our league, he says it's actually the sausage curb's fault for all of this or just the extra curbing over there. That is the reason that he kind of launched into Lewis. So as far as a safety point of view, that's maybe something that should be looked at. But, yeah, I just think Lewis could have definitely given more room. I think, you know, with the Curva Grande coming up afterwards, he still has the inside line, so no reason why he shouldn't be able to just maintain the position if he gets through this corner okay. Yeah, Max could have probably backed out, but I think, you know, at the end of the day – I don't think Lewis did any favors on the exit of one, and that's kind of what led to it. I should also say I don't fault Max for not backing out because you're fighting for a championship. So I don't want people to think like I think he should have done that. He could have, but I don't blame him for not. I think the real culprit here was Red Bull for their pit stop that put Ooh. Max in this position. Christian Horner actually – Christian Horner and Helmet Marco said that today that – you. Max should have been nowhere near Lewis if we just executed on the pit stop. There was also the Jackie Stewart's take that Max is an asshole for not checking on Lewis. And if you watch the replay, he does look over at Lewis, and Lewis is trying to reverse his car. Right. So if I was a driver, I would give the preliminary check that he's probably fine. Yep. You know, there's varying degrees. There's, you know, kind of the... George look where you go over and slap the guy and <laughs> then there's the the Vettel approach where you like stop your car in the middle of the track to make sure the person's okay and not everybody is wired that way um heat of the moment Max is probably super agitated that he was just taken out and you know obviously if Lewis was in some sort of dire danger I don't think Max would have kept walking so yeah I, I feel like when you see him kind of sneak a peek over to the left you can see at that point that the car is not actually on Lewis's head, so there's no immediate danger like Vettel stopping for Lando. You know, you're worried, is he alive? Did he break a bone or something like that in the in a rouge? So I don't have an issue with that. Jackie's... I saw a few comments like that. And just just stop. Or the uh, the woke police going after uh, what's-his-face, <laughs> the, the safety car driver. Yeah, that was un- that was outrageous. And it's also not his call to deploy himself. That is the call that's made by race control, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know who makes that call, but I would imagine somebody has to make that call, and it's probably not him. He can't just go, I'm going to go for a drive right now. Right. I mean, he's monitoring the situation too, but I don't think he can just drive his Aston Martin onto the track and be like, all right, now you guys need to throw a safety car because I just decided to go with my own my own route here. So... That would seeing the uh, the woke go after him on on Twitter was funny. Uh, also sad. I feel bad for him because it's not. <laughs> at the end of the day, I don't think it's his job. It's his job to show up where he is needed to be when they tell him to go there. So that was frustrating. But yeah, I think another championship to find. This is going to be such a 
an amazing championship to look back on several years from now between this and Silverstone and Imola and then just the the fact that we were getting two drivers pushing the absolute limits to try to get the title here is is amazing. Uh, this is – I don't understand that they're going to do eight episodes of Draft to Survive. <laughs> there, There's just no way it, that they're going to be able to fit this all in. You need to do like 360 episodes really. Yeah, this is, it's going to be awesome. So if we got nothing else, we can shift to the – the race, or do you want to do the sprint race first? Yeah, let's let's do the sprint race. Okay, I can sum it up in like twenty words or less. It was completely f-ing pointless, and I think at this point, I am now the opinion that we should just get rid of it. So the only thing that didn't make it completely pointless was Lewis lost positions, which allowed Ricardo to start higher, which allowed Ricardo to get the win. Outside of that, nothing of importance happened, other than Ga- Gasly's minor accident which ended up being a much bigger deal than i think any of us would have anticipated yeah i think it could work a lot better in a model like next year where they're going to be like to pass a little more easily but with the current cars it's i'm over it i think especially at a track like monza where you think overtaking would be good i mean even the race overtaking was difficult um so Uh, yeah, I, I think at this point it offers no benefit, and I can now firmly kind of entrench myself in the opinion with this year's car that they're stupid and pointless and offers no reasonable like gain of return for doing this instead of qualifying. And I'm not even one who likes knockout qualifying, and I think it's stupid. Yeah, it made, it made Friday's qualifying a complete waste of time. Yeah, because, yeah. Botas does good and starts second to last. So, <laughs> yeah. What do we have a third one confirmed? Yeah, I thought they were gonna do three. Yeah, they announced it. Did they announce where, or am I, I? I I really don't remember. Well, why don't you sing the praises of McLaren while I look that up? McLaren, wow, first one-two finish since 2010. I was still in college. I know Matt might not believe that, but I was and. What else? I mean, it's really remarkable to see how far they've come from the GP2 engine days just five years ago. Ricardo with the win and the famous Shuey. Lando being a good teammate and not trying to push too hard there in the last closing laps. And it's definitely the, I would say the feel-good story of, of the year right now is is Ricardo finding his footing and, and having a you know, he was going to win whether Max and, and Hamilton crash or not because he had amazing pace right off the start. Yeah, so to backtrack a little bit, it looks like the third one would be the Brazilian Grand Prix if they if the feel race like... Yeah, well, A, if the race happens, and B, if the FIA feels like it has an appreciable return of value. So nope. we'll see. But, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, good job, Daniel. That was epic, and I'm really happy for him. I know... I'm not immune to the speculation of, you know, is this relationship with McLaren working or is it not working? And I think a successful Daniel Ricardo is very good for the series because he is one of the most likable guys out there. I think, you know, a combination of him, Norris, Leclerc, Verstappen, um, and then now Russell, obviously, next year. I think a combination of those guys who are, are super likable uh, is going to be great for the series. I mean, you know, Lewis is a worldwide icon, but he definitely has his fair share of critics out there. Botas, I mean, again, has his own fans, but 
kind of, I know, but kind of meh. Perez, I think, is a, a universally liked guy, but I don't see him being like the face of a series or anything like that. So, you know, with the the names I just mentioned with Ricardo as well in there, and he's kind of the veteran of the group that I listed, but he's a a worldwide phenom, and I think him winning is is great for the sport and great for McLaren. I think wasn't their last one too 2012. Their last win, yeah, Jensen Button. I thought you said 2010. 2010 was the last time they finished one two. Ew. My fault. Yeah, well, you had flunked out in college by 2012, right? Oh, that was very hurtful, and I did not expect that. <laughs> I honestly did not expect that. Well, one. you can't. I can't yeah. make fun of your age. I can't make fun of you. Your what'd you get? Like a 3.5 in college? Uh, no, not definitely not. Oh, Def- oh, there. Not. I was trying to back you up now. Yeah, no, I appreciate you. I got a 4.0 on my master's degree, but definitely not in college. Well, what's more important? That's uh, well, like saying like you got five goals in squirts, but then like thirty goals in bantam. I mean, neither. I love the hockey comparison, but <laughs> neither because I don't use either of my degrees for work. So same. We should call this "We Don't Use Our Degree" podcast. <laughs> so, is it? Do you think it's at all kind of? I want to say like awkward. Uh, I don't know what we're. Well, actually, and I, we do got to give a shout out to Botas because his comeback to P three is actually pretty awesome. Uh, given the conditions of the kind of race and how difficult it was to pass. So do you think it was all awkward that given the hype around Lando, that he wasn't the guy who brought McLaren their first win back in God knows how many years? No, if maybe if he had a, a different teammate, I, I could see your point. But you know, Danny Rick, like you mentioned, is you know one of the – icons in, in f1 and very popular so if there's somebody else i would want it to be danny rick to win fair anything to comment on mazepin spinning schumacher it sounded like he owned up to it he did which is weird and surprising but <laughs> no i mean i don't we don't need to spend more than a sentence on him perez is leaving the track and getting a time penalty robbing him of a podium and I guess robbing might be a general term depending on how you feel about it. What is your what is your thoughts on that? What was confusing is he clearly left the track, gained a position, and Red Bull was like, "Well, we don't we we didn't know what to do because the race control didn't say anything. You do what every other team has done in that situation. You order your driver to just slow down at a safe spot and move over. He never did that until it was like three laps later or something. So. I I think the penalty is justified there because it was not executed well by Perez. So counter-argument. And, yeah. and the, the example of Perez is a little fuzzy in my brain. I know, obviously, he left track at turn two, I believe, and yeah. gained a position. So let's replay Verstappen and Hamilton again. Let's say Max bails because there isn't a car width there for him to make the next turn, takes the sausage curves, and gets ahead of Lewis. What is Max supposed to do differently in that situation to not take to the exit and quote-unquote gain an advantage? I don't think it's doing anything differently. I think the fact that it took Perez a while, I don't remember how long, if it was a couple laps or what, to to give up the position. I think you know, give up the position in a safe spot, sure, I get it. You know, Probably right on that straightaway is not a safe spot. So if, if Max gets ahead there, 
he should eventually give up that position to Lewis in within the lap and get on with the race. I think Perez just took too long to do it. I don't fault him for actually doing it, but it was the execution afterwards. Yeah, and I guess that's kind of my point is is if you're forced off the track because the other driver just doesn't give right. a shit, it's not like I Max, see what you're saying. Yeah, it's not like Max broke 50 meters late, decided to take to the runoff, and then passed a dude. Like, if he's forced off the track, like, that's where I, that's where it loses me. Like, I get that, you know, Perez, quote-unquote, gained an advantage off the track. But if a drive, if driver A breaks deep and forces driver B on the outside off the track and driver B ends up overtaking driver A, to me, that's more driver A's fault for pushing them off. If you don't want them to pass you off the track, don't force them off the track. So I get that, yes, he does gain an advantage by the letter of the law, but I think, to me, there should be some sort of wiggle room in there. If there's malicious intent to gain a position off the track, I think that should be penalized. If you're just being shoved off by the guy on the inside, which is kind of what we were seeing at Austria, right? Right. That, whatever turn that was, where drivers are just getting forced off the track on the outside. It's like, yeah, yeah. you know. There isn't gravel there at Monza, but if there was, I bet you would have the same consequences. So it's not like they're trying to take to the, the you know, runoff. That's where that's where race control and the rules lose me a little bit. Okay, I see your point. But you're still firm on the penalty. You're, you're still fine with that. I'm still I'm still gonna take this one. Yeah, that's fair. So yeah, if you guys have any thoughts out there and you feel different, nice. We actually disagreed for once. I like that. That's very rare. That's what happens when you're a Gen Zer. Ah, <laughs> can you make me some sort of shirt to that effect? Uh, yeah, in the off season, once once the IndyCar season is over and I'm I'm home for more than forty eight hours, uh, we'll we'll do some we'll we'll make some fun like old man and Gen Z shirt. Sounds good. We'll we'll have to give away a couple so that people can yeah. proudly display those. I think I have something to rant about when we get to our disappointment of the day and whatever. Giga Kubica didn't beat Giovinazzi, but Giga Kubica's <laughs> best or Giga Kubica's average finish is higher than Mazepin, so he is now technically ahead of Mazepin in the standings, which I think is hilarious. Makes me so happy. Yeah, yeah. I guess we'll get right to the uh, who is your driver of the day. I am gonna go. Yeah, listen, I'm gonna take the winner, Daniel Ricardo. Drove his ass off the entire race, started third, I think, or second, and just had an insanely awesome start. Obviously did well in the sprint race as well, did well in qualifying, just nailed it from start to finish this weekend. And I'll go with Lando. I think his uh, his team play and his willingness to you know, not force the issue on Daniel and just kind of go a la Jordan 98 at yeah. Spa, I think was was really good by the team and, and really well done. So, you know, his time will come here soon, sooner rather than later. But that's why I, that's why I don't have a problem with you know, Lando not winning his first McLaren race before Daniel because he handled just, it so well. Yeah, I just think it's weird because I definitely would not have pegged this ever to happen. Fair. Who? All right, I'm gonna go first. My disappointment of the day, actually. So Alpha Tauri as a whole sucked. Gasly had a good qualifying session again. I think he started the sprint race in sixth. And I don't know where Sonoda ended up, but I'm going to go ahead and guess it was in the bottom sixth of the field like he is every session. Fifteenth or sixteenth? Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and assume that he is down there like he is every session now. Don't worry, he's got a new contract, though. 
Sonoda doesn't even start the race. Not his fault, as far as I can tell. And then Gasly makes it three laps before the suspension issue retirement. And you alluded to the fact that his sprint race crash may have had something to do with that. Do we know that for sure? So apparently there was a a lot of parts that needed to be changed kind of within the car. And they, they had said it a couple times on the broadcast. And I think I saw it on social media as well that something in the wiring for the for the clutch got broke so he was having trouble shifting i don't you know i was also watching it it was six in the morning in my hotel room in portland so i wasn't really like fully awake but i think it had something to to do with all the parts they had to to change out after the sprint qualifying crash yeah i was watching at a marathon so congrats to my wife for finishing her first and only marathon ever She's vowed not to do one ever again, but she finished. <laughs> Congrats. I also didn't catch that, but what a horrible weekend. It's not like it was at their home Grand Prix or anything either, so um, there's that too. Uh, who was your disappointment of the day? Disappointment. Let's see here. I'm going to go with... Hmm. I don't know. I'm going to go with Antonio, Antonio Giovinazzi. And it's hard because he got punted in the first corner so eh, he's, he's kind of he, he had contact in the first corner and i don't think it was entirely his fault eh, didn't he merge on the guy though that was right next to him oh yeah yeah that's okay i'm gonna stick with antonio g no, you can say he's just like because he messed up yeah anyway he qualifies in q3 again and you're like wow great and he does okay <laughs> in the sprint race moves up a spot because botas dropped to the back and yet again just plummets during the race he's making he i would say his mistake isn't as bad as a couple of the mistakes he made last year when he crashed it was a spy crashed by himself last year yeah but it's not helping his case to stay in formula one yeah i mean hitting a ferrari at monza it's got to be kind of top of the list of things you don't do yeah one more question before we move on. I don't know how much else we got left. I have one. Okay. I have one item to talk about. Williams, George Russell P nine, more points. It's not even like a thing we really celebrate anymore. Cause yeah. No, nobody even said anything about it until like three hours after the race ended. Now, now that he got his first points with Williams, it's kind of like whatever. Latifi P eleven. Is it too knee-jerky to think that Williams actually might be a legitimate midfield contender? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Right on.
now? I'm not going to say... Yes. I'm not going to say they're a midfield contender this year, but could they be next year if they keep improving? I'll, I'll, I would say next year they have a chance to be a midfield contender. I think they're legitimately P8 on the teams list now. I think they are legitimately ahead of Alpha. And just at Monza, they were hanging with Aston and Alpine no problem, which is strange. Uh, I don't know if that's just because of the power advantage of the Mercedes, but it doesn't seem like the power units for everybody else are that far behind. So I'm going to go ahead and say that I think they're definitely in with a shout to finish in the 12th to 15th region more often than we're used to seeing them. So I guess that'll be something I'll keep our eyes on. Do you want me to lead the next topic? I didn't tell you about this one. Well, in that case, yes, I would like you to lead the next topic. Okay. Well, in this was even more out of character in our podcast history with, you know, usually we record on a Tuesday and then like Wednesday night <laughs> or Wednesday afternoon something happens and yeah. then we talk about it, you know, 5 days later after tweeting about it. This was what half an hour after our we had finished our IndyCar recording last week. Uh, yeah. You had texted me saying Hey, and then you said, insert source, who we have, says this. I'm preparing the tweet. And I can't remember what I was doing, but I'm like, uh, f- hang on a second. Let me, let me give you some backstory there. So I am literally in my parents' basement playing video games when I get a text. <laughs> and Jenny. Yeah, and I go, hmm. And I sat there and I was like, okay, I paused my game. I was playing MLB The Show. And I got to a point, by the time you and I tweeted everything and my phone started blowing up, the Xbox had like gone into like power safe mode because I totally forgot that I was in my parents' basement. Anyway, I'll let you segue into it now. For those who don't know what we're referring to, our source who I would like to think, and we can, we can kind of ask Mike here in a second about how this came to be as far as getting this information and why he's confident. But our source, who I feel like is very well placed, uh, came to us and said that Michael Andretti and Andretti Autosport are firmly well into the process of purchasing Alfa Romeo from the domicile company that we mentioned last week, (laughs) the Dutch domicile whatever. And therefore, they're going to be uh, entering Formula One in 2023, and there would be no more Alfa Romeo. Now, there's two things now looking back on this that kind of go, hmm. The first is that Alfa has not confirmed an engine supplier for next year. Not Ferrari. Uh, It could be Ferrari, but the fact that they haven't rushed to announce this yet is concerning. The second is that Ferrari like we had speculated literally in the episode an hour before we got the text, why Ferrari didn't have a hand in picking their drivers next year, Uh, which for the record, you know, Botas signed and then Guan Yu Zhou is still a leading contender for that second seat over Nick DeVries. Those are two things looking back on it, like, wow, that makes sense. And then, you know, obviously there was, I wouldn't say considerable pushback. There was a couple media uh, sources that publicly tweeted that, you know, a deal's not close. Uh, uh, and you know, I've been calling him Big Frank this whole time. And when his, his name's actually 
It's yes. Fred. I tried to correct you last week and you ignored me. That sounds about right. <laughs> there was uh, an article posted by was it race fans? That said no, it was that like Grand Prix dot com. Or it wasn't yeah, race fans. That said, the big Fred said they're not interested in selling, which I don't know if that's up to him. Yeah, I don't think uh, so. I'm not an expert, but I don't know if he gets to make that call. You know, obviously there's pushback, and there's a lot of time between now and 2023 where something can get upended here. But with Michael Andretti and the sponsors he has in the IndyCar site, GameBridge, who are very active and looks pretty willing to throw a lot of money into this, and some dude named Colton Herta, who happens to be, in my opinion, one of the best drivers in the world, I would be super ecstatic if this happens, and I genuinely do believe it's going to happen. Like I said, it could still fall through. Things happen in racing. That's part of the deal. But the fact that that scoop got kind of put on our lap was was pretty awesome. Yeah, it was amazing. And, uh, yeah, I want to thank Source for working with us to help craft what to say and, and, and you know, get approval to put it out in the world. But I'm, I'm the only thing I'm going to add, and you pretty much hit the nail on the head with, with everything, is... This person has given me, given us information for the last, I don't know, two two years, I'd say, maybe three years. And I can't remember a time where he's given me bad information. So, yeah, you know, and some of the stuff is not always stuff we say publicly, but everything he's given us has, has always been factually correct. So I stand by everything we posted and stand by the source so hopefully that gives everybody a little peace of mind in this but it, it would be pretty epic and nobody at andretti uh, came up to me this weekend i actually talked to colton in the indycar media bullpen which you can listen to because it came out on saturday so go back and listen he mentions the tweet we have gotten several off-the-record items in the past where we just sat on it as kind of like a, ooh, that's interesting. But with this one, we definitely got the green light to go ahead and tweet it out. So we want that, you know, kind of put out there just for our on our end here. We're not in the business of just tweeting out stuff if we're not getting the go-ahead or not getting the green light to do so. So it was pretty awesome. I as far as the news itself, you know, like I said, it would be absolutely epic for Michael yes. Andretti to be back in the Formula One, and for us American fans to have a legitimate American team to <laughs> cheer for instead of this piece of <laughs> team that we're stuck with with Russian flags all over it. Yeah, um, that's a yeah, very well said. Anything else on the episode? Messages here. Oh yeah, I have one more thing. So. F1 is planning to make it mandatory for a young driver to run a practice session on Friday. And before you give your input, I'm going to selfishly go first here since you've tended to do that to, to me Never. lately. I think it's a terrible idea because you get guys like it doesn't fix the broken F2 system or ladder system or academy system that we've been discussing the last couple weeks it just gives drivers you listen you know if you read between the lines on the media bullpen episode Callum Eilat pretty much says yeah I was skipping I I missed I am missing an FP1 for Formula One 
to do these last three IndyCar races, but I'm not going to be an F1 anyway, so what does it matter? That's pretty much the, the gist I took from what he said, so I hope other drivers agree, because unless you're Guan Yu Zhou or Nikita Mazepin you know, with a bazillion dollars, it doesn't matter how talented you are, you're just going to get passed by the next dude with a billion dollars. Yes. I am not claiming to be the most positive person ever, but I will say I'm trying to look at this in a positive way. I mean, you're getting guys who are getting their dreams coming true with getting a chance to drive a Formula One car, and are you getting mugged? No, that is outside the window here in San Francisco. Should I leave that in the episode? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You're not in Philly anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a chance for guys to get out there and drive a Formula One car, which is not something that everybody gets to do every day. And for teams, I mean, I know they have test items and practice items they need to accomplish with their drivers out there. But, you know, if the driver goes out there and turns some heads with a fast lap, I mean, that's kind of one of the ways drivers got attracted back in the days is when they had no testing limits. And then you just showed up and put on some flyers. Teams took notice of that. Fernando Alonso did that with Jaguar and got a lot of attention. So uh, so I think, and plus I don't know if this has any implications in the super license system, which is ridiculously stupid. So if this <laughs> helps drivers get super licenses a little easier, I think I'm in favor of that too. So yeah, like, yes, I don't know how many opportunities are actually going to come of this, but I still think at the end of the day the positives are, are kind of there with it. Yeah, I'll just end it with, if we were in the Fernando Alonso era, I would be much more, ex- when he was a young driver and not a young driver last year, I would be much more excited about it than I am now. But I do see your point. There is positives, obviously. I forgot to do predictions. Oh, oh yeah, let's let's recap our predictions to end the episode. For good at Monza, I had Leclerc, who's P4. I'll pat myself on the back for that. You had Norris, P2. You can pat yourself on the back. Bad, I had Perez, P5. I mean, when you're supposed to be finishing in the top four. He wasn't bad, though. Well, he didn't do anything in the sprint race, so he qualified eighth. And it was kind of just like there but not there in the race. So I would say, given that Lewis and Max both crashed out, the fact that he didn't at least finish second is is not great, in my opinion. You had Botas. That was looking okay until it wasn't. Yep. And his excuse is that he legitimately had to come from the back of the field. <laughs> uh, Dark Horse top ten, I had Ricardo. <laughs> uh, okay. And you had Russell, so well done. And then lastly, our sprint race prediction, I had Verstappen, Perez, Leclerc. It ended up being Botas, Verstappen, Ricardo, I believe. Yeah. And then you had Verstappen, Norris, Hamilton. So you had the right team combinations. You just had two wrong drivers. This definitely makes up for my awful IndyCar predictions that we'll talk about later tonight. Ooh, I haven't even seen them. At least I think they are. I don't really remember, to be honest with you. I kind of blocked it out of my mind. Anyway, okay, we'll save that for, for yeah, the yeah. IndyCar episode that people have already listened to by the time we're talking about this. But everybody, thank you again for listening. No F1 this week. Weekend off before the lovely Sochi next weekend, or the weekend after, I should say. So, yeah, that is all. Everybody have a lovely weekend of racing. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.